a reading from 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us for the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gracious God, send forth your spirit by the power of your word to create faith, to forgive sin and to grow our love for you and for one another. Amen. Well, we hear it again. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. That is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. In the midst of all the loss, uh, difficulty, the tragedy, or, or even the joy, because we've had joy during this difficult year of 2020. What has God given you? What has he given you this year? I get to see the Facebook posts for many of you, the, 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 the month of gratitude posts, the, the day whatever, and, and you talk about these things that you are, are thankful for, and often very good things, things that I'm reminded of that I should be thankful for too. But then I also get this sense of, of shame, which is not you, it's me, uh, seeing that, and I start to wonder, am I one of the nine who did not return to give thanks to God before before Jesus? Am I, am I one of those nine lepers because I'm not doing the month of gratitude? I'm not taking the time to actually sit here and remember and account all these things that I'm supposed to be thankful for. And then I start to wonder about the danger, the danger that we're, we're told of that, that Pastor Carl read in Deuteronomy 8 where, where we forget. We forget about what it is that God has given us where, where often we have it so good that when it doesn't go so well, our first response is one of grumbling and, and anger and, and very rarely thankfulness. Or we point fingers. We, we point fingers, well, you just need to be more, thank, more thankful. That's, that's what you need to do. You need to be more optimistic, Pastor Smee. That's what you need to do. Which is why I think we need to hear verse 8 from 2 Corinthians 9 again and again. God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. God being able to give and does. Everything he gives is a blessing, even if it feels like a loss. I think of all the folks that I've lost in my life. 
in there and even in their death and that pain and that emptiness, there is joy of remembrance, but there is also good that has come from it. Or to think of all the things that many of us may have lost this year, the pruning that has been done in our lives, the stripping away that God has done, I wonder of that, the good that might be coming of that, focusing our lives on something else or someone else, building up our dependence on the one who gives us all things, knowing that he gives in abundance, abundance, this overflowing, this more than we could need, even when sometimes it feels like not enough. My daughter and I were standing in our kitchen the other night because we were on quarantine, so we had nothing better to do. And so she's telling me about this 10,000 calorie challenge. You can go on YouTube and look it up. And, and Ryland Adams was doing it. Apparently he's some YouTube star. I, I, don't, I have no clue who he is. He got to like 5,000 calories for that day. The, the goal is to, to eat 10,000 calories in a day like some of these, these bodybuilders, these, these, these extreme strength athletes uh, who, who they just eat crazy amounts of food to just be gigantic balls of muscle. Um, the goal is to try and meet their, their dietary amount, that 10,000 calories. Well, Ryland apparently got to about 5,000 calories and then got physically sick, like throwing up and, and everything. It just was not pretty. And then you can go also and you, you see these, these video posts from strength athletes like Eddie Hall or, or The Mountain. I wish I had a name like The Mountain or The Rock. That's cool, but I don't. I, that's neither here nor there. But you watch them and, and they're doing all this training, able to lift small buildings and, and throw huge children over hills and whatever. But then you also, they also show you their dietary work and eating is a chore for them. They have alarms that go off and they go, okay, I've got to eat again. And it's almost always the same food or the same shake over and over. And it's all to be able to keep this physique to be able to keep this, this persona that they have created, this character with all the muscles and all the strength and all the power, and yet it's something that hurts. It's almost killing them. And if any normal person were to try and do that, to go from 2,000 calories to 10,000 calories would be physically ill. And I think in that is a wonderful picture of how God gives to us in contentment. Where sometimes having too much can kill. Whereas for him to give to us that contentment that we hear in verse 8, in order that always having enough of everything. Always having enough of everything. What a wonderful definition of contentment. I wonder what work is God doing in you or me to help us reach that, that, that stage where at the end of the day, we have enough of everything. Where if we, if we parse it down in the Greek, it basically said, God who provides in all things, always, all sufficiently, telling us that anything else above and beyond what we receive that day of whatever our daily bread is, it's just surplus to requirements. And it all has a purpose, if you hear it there in verse 8. Not that we seek out the, the, 
the, the best that we can get from God, not that we seek out more, not that we make demands of Him, or, or not that we spend our lives uh, uh, seeking out the, the doing of good. But, but this verse tells us that He gives us all these things and He gives us enough that we may share abundantly in every good work, it says. God providing to us so that we may become providers, may give of what He has given there's no explanation of what those good works look like, no explanation to us uh, of, of what they need to be, only that in God's gifts he gives to others through us, whatever those graces are. So this Thanksgiving, it's not going to be like any other Thanksgiving we've had before. I, I really don't want to use the word unprecedented, but I just did. It's not going to be like any other Thanksgiving, because yes, all of us have had, had that first Thanksgiving with that empty chair at that table. All of us have had that first Thanksgiving of a new tradition, maybe after marriage or, or children or, or whatever the case may be. But this is going to be one where I'm going to be having Thanksgiving with my dad through Zoom, uh, through other means to join together as a family. But I wonder, regardless of what Thanksgiving is going to look like for you, whatever it's going to look like for me, how might this year's prayers of gratitude during this time of this weird COVID holiday may bleed through your tears of frustration to seek out the God who has given to you abundantly, even in what feels like loss and feels like hardship. So church, may what has come to you in 2020 or even been taken make your God seem more real to you, more present as we move ahead these days. May what has been sown through our fears, what has been sown through our failures, this year abound into blessings of God in our lives and others. Barring again from, from Paul as he's writing this to the church in Corinth, and they're a wealthy church by, by all respects, and he's coming to them asking them for gifts for those who are being persecuted in Jerusalem, the, the poor in Jerusalem. And he, he even accounts of, of the church in Macedonia that was a poor church that was giving of their, of their poverty towards this gift for the church in another part of the world. And it says there in verse 11, you will be enriched in every way, for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. That whether it was through Corinth and their wealth or, or others through their poverty, it was God's work in the lives of others for the sake of grace, for the sake of gift, for the sake of, of mercy. So whether it was in 2019, where we're all basking in what was, or, or this time in 2020, where we wanted daylight savings time not to happen because we didn't need one more hour, and we're waiting for it to be over. I pray that God might enrich you in whatever way it might be, that that might produce thanksgiving in others to God for what he has given them. And may our thanksgivings be prayers that arise to heaven as, as, as words outpoured from our hearts that know that the one who supplies all our needs, needs has and will continue 
to do it. Thanks be to God. Amen.